You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, hello, my lovely Bride Chiller and Groom Chiller listeners. It's Alicia here. I am the founder and host of Bride Chiller. I'm here to hopefully enlighten you on many things other than wedding planning. It's a big peripheral journey that I like to take you on each week on the Bride Chiller podcast. And this week, uh, I'm delighted to be sharing some information with, uh, well, I'm delighted to absorb information from a fantastic guest who has plenty to share about being sensible and not sensibly boring. This is sensible in the sense that we often don't think about dying, uh, what we're going to do after we die. This is not a philosophical thing, not religion. It's about money. It's about being responsible. It's about getting our shit in gear and making sure that we're making the right decisions. Dave Hanley, you have developed an app called Tomorrow. And I am very interested to learn more about this and also learn more about what you do and hopefully convince our listeners to uh, be more responsible people when it comes to their money. Welcome to the Bride Chiller Podcast. It's just a thrill to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's a pleasure. And look, I, I when I say mortality crisis, I have reached the age now where I wake up in the night and go, oh, I'm going to die. And um, that's probably, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fine. I'm processing that and that's perfectly normal. But when I have the mortality crisis, sometimes I think about, oh, I've got a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of money, but sometimes uh, it worries me about what's going to happen to all that stuff. And and it's it's one of those situations where I think a lot of us choose not to think about it because we think it's grim. Tell me a little bit about what you do and, and how you came to do it, because I think your story is inspiring and I think it might kick people into gear to think about this in a different way. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. And uh, to be clear, I don't think about what I work on as grim. I think about it as actually no, being uh, part of, uh, uh, you know, really actually getting a lot of peace of mind. So, uh, so Good. yeah, you know, my, my personal story uh, has lots of different turns that led me here, but uh, one that's maybe most relevant for this group is, you know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur, sold a company to Amazon.com, and then sold another company to uh, Deloitte, which is a big consulting firm. Uh, wow. And the, the second company, we had almost 70 people in the company, a lot of young people. And then as soon as we sell to this big company, everyone starts getting engaged and starts having babies and getting married. Uh, and then I I found myself in all these conversations with people who are buying these great houses and saying things like, oh, like, yeah, so uh, you ever heard of term life insurance? Like, it, it's super cheap. Uh, maybe you should get some. Uh, and then people start having babies. And and uh, I found, like, none of them were doing their wills. And you realize, like, oh, like, you know, I templatize my own will and just people are very desk. Not because, uh, you know, who gets your stuff can be important, but also like who would watch your kid if, you know, it's super unlikely, but, you know, who would watch your kid? Um, mm -hmm. Or I also, you know, as soon as you start building a life with someone, whether you're not engaged yet or you're engaged, but you're not married, uh, you actually have no rights to that person's assets, decisions, anything in the unlikely event something happens and, you know, we're all delaying marriage now. So uh, it actually puts you in a really vulnerable position. So we created Tomorrow to solve all of that. Um, and uh, that's the app we created. It, you know, you can create a will completely for free on your phone. It takes you five to 10 minutes to do. Uh, no strings attached. Uh, and we, you know, do that to, you know, help people along the path to doing all sorts of things with their, um, what we call uh, family financial wellness. 
It's completely opposite of grim. It's positive. It's and, positive. Uh, the company's called exactly. Tomorrow, right? This is about I mean, building a better tomorrow together. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Dave, when, when we were sort of talking about doing this interview, it really interested me because I think, I want to say my generation, because my generation's probably not the generation of people listening. I like to pretend I'm younger than I am. Everyone does. <laughs> but it is that sort of, uh, we're in that sort of mindset, I suppose, now where where financial planning can sometimes feel like a drag. Maybe it was the same for our parents as well. I don't know. But perhaps this is cliche, but there's a bit of a live for the moment sort of situation. But I've had a couple of friends who have had parents who have had um, illnesses and also my my friend in particular, she was basically, she got a call one day and they said, you're the executor of the will. Right. Um, here's all the responsibility. And she was totally unprepared, didn't actually even really know what was, you know, going to go down with it all. Her grandfather died. Her grandmother has dementia and her grandmother's now in a home. And now my, my lovely friend has to help basically pay for her grandmother's care. Mm, and it's really throwing so a young baby. It's really difficult. And she always sort of says, you know, the one thing she really wishes that they'd had a conversation about this prior to her grandfather's death, but also that she'd been able to sit down with someone and just understand what that actually meant before she said, yeah, I'll be an executor to your will. And it, it really was one of those sort of moments where my husband and I afterwards said, geez, there's a lot of responsibility there, but if the communication was more open and, and things were a bit more clear, it would have been so much less stressful for her, especially during a time where she was going through a really emotional, obviously grieving for her grandfather and, and having that responsibility to then sort of step up and have to do all that. It's pretty hardcore. So I love oh. what you're doing. I love the openness of it all as well. Right. Well, I mean, your friend sounds like a saint, uh, but also maybe maybe, maybe didn't sign egg. up for uh, all the beatification <laughs> process. Uh, the... Um, because uh, it, it can be a lot of work. Uh, and you, you, you brought two things together. One is an executor, which is basically the person who uh, takes your will uh, at, at, you know, after you pass away. And they basically follow the instructions and make sure money goes where it should and decisions go, you know, happen the way you outline them. Uh, and, and, and that's a job. Uh, and then also, you know, you, you talked about, you know, caring for a parent, um, uh, which we can talk to about because I think as as you're looking at you know forming a relationship and a family and getting married that uh, actually you know uh, caring for your parents in this generation uh, you know for for your listeners this is actually a really this can be a huge strain on your relationship and the family that you're forming both financially as well as just in the physical constraints so uh, actually making uh, some really proactive requests of your parents around things like long-term care insurance, which takes care of them over time, uh, and others is actually going to be super uh, important for you to be successful in your marriage over time as well. Dave, my mother-in-law, Veronica, who is known to my listeners because she's been on the show a few times, she's a straight-talking Australian. Uh, she's a former solicitor. She used to write legislature for the Australian government. She's she's a real smart cookie, as we would say. She's very, how do we say, down the line when it comes to paperwork. And when we visited, we live in the UK, and when we go back to visit in Australia, she often reminds us where her box of important papers are, right. which when she first did it, I was like, geez, Veronica, you know, you're not going to die anytime soon. Just be cool. But she sort of says, here's this, here's this, here's this. This is what you need to do. And and I initially found it quite impersonal. I was like, oh, I'm quite uncomfortable about this. But, you know, over the years, I think her openness about it all has been, I, I really appreciate that 
from her legal standing, but also from the care that she now obviously wants to um, impose on us in a really great way to say, hey, when stuff goes down, I'm organized and uh, hopefully you'll find this easier because I've been so organized. Right. Um, Well, and can I also point out that she's inspiring you because you probably would not be interested in having this topic on Brightchilla if it wasn't for uh, her being that example. Uh, And that's, that's part of where we start, right? Which is, you know, for uh, in the app, you you come in and a a lot of it is parents who are coming in uh, Mm -hmm. or couples. And then the first thing you do is you invite your significant other to the platform. You start making decisions together, like who's going to watch the kids or who's going to get what, Uh, take pictures of things around your house, decide who they go to. uh, And then that generates uh, a legal document uh, 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 that you can just sign. Now it's only in the U S unfortunately, so it wouldn't even help your mother-in-law. But it's, uh, but if you are in the U.S., it does. But part of what it does is just creates these open conversations around uh, around things that, oh, we've been you know really uh, treated as something that's really morbid uh, when really it's just like, oh, you know, I took some time and I made some plans and n- nothing's going to happen. But now, you know, if anything does happen next year, 50 years from now, it's all taken care of. I just want to say to everyone listening, we're not just talking about people dying on the show today. We want to, we're going to cover prenups and we want to talk about how to uh, plan together as a couple because um, something that I talk about a lot, Dave, in the podcast is how when couples come together, we all come with different money baggage, I suppose, or we come with different ideologies when it comes to money and saving and um, you know, insurance is a big conversation. I think a lot of people have different, you know, uh, interests when it comes to insurance and different upbringings. How how do you, when you meet clients, and I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people um, developing your business, how do you sort of navigate helping people come to that conclusion when they're, they're, they're coming together as a team, but navigating the really complicated process of trying to see the same viewpoint or at least coming to the same goal? Well, I, I think developing shared goals is going to be part of any kind of relationship, uh, uh, anything that's going to last beyond a year. Uh, and so as you're deepening your relationship, you need to actually start being open, which which requires uh, intimacy and vulnerability. Uh, but usually how that starts is you need to start on your own side, which is, uh, you know, uh, debt is a thing that all couples need to talk about, um, uh, and your, your attitudes towards debt and what's healthy debt and what's not. Uh, and it's one of those things that you could just say, uh, Hey, I'm worried that you're a, you're a big spender or you don't take care of your debt. You could actually start with, uh, uh, you know, I have my credit score here. Uh, and my credit report. And I'd like to share with you because I used to have a low credit credit score and I've taken time to raise it. And I want to share it with you uh, so you can see it and actually share that with your partner, even though it's not perfect. And getting used to sharing your imperfections with your partner is very important because your partner already knows that you're not perfect. Uh, but then that actually opens up the conversation to talk about them and uh, their credit. Uh, and so same when we talk about prenups, same when we talk about goals around uh, saving, retirement, kids, uh, these are all things that we need to be talking more and not talking less. 
when it comes to things like student loans and debt, what's your advice about looking at future planning, especially when it comes to uh, passing on debt or accepting debt, not accepting, no one willingly accepts debt. That's a bad way to put it, Dave. Uh, absorbing debt from someone else. How do we go about talking about that? Because that, that's, a, I think, something that weighs on people's minds a lot. Well, so first of all, the number of times I have spoken with people where they have said, I had no idea how much debt he was in or she was mm. in, or, you know, we got married and then I paid off her student loans and I didn't know that she had, you know, $100,000 in student yeah. loans. Uh, and so it is, uh, it is actually really, really important to, um, to have these conversations and to actually share because it's so trust destroying uh, yeah. to have these secrets that are, of course, going to be found out, uh, of course, because you're going to apply for your first house loan, car loan, um, uh, lease together, and then it's going to come out and uh, and your partner will feel uh, betrayed. Now, where on the continuum of betrayal they sit is uh, on their side, but you've definitely held back on what you could be sharing with them. Uh, and, and that's trust destroying. So w getting these conversations going now uh, and then recognizing that building good credit, building wealth, getting out of debt, that these things, they, they just take time, um, that you know, the, the time is now. Uh, to um, uh, to do it, so so don't delay. Never delay, honesty. That's I totally agree, Dave. Because I think it can really build up and cause you a lot more trouble down the track, especially if your partner's like, "What the fuck are you doing? When did this happen? What's going on?" A friend of ours worked for a car loan company in Australia, and he probably shouldn't have disclosed this to us. He didn't tell us the names, but he did say he had a very unfortunate sort of conversation with a lady, a wife of someone that they, for some reason, the home phone number was put on a loan document and she found out that her husband had bought a, a car, a quite expensive premium car and a boat um, under both of their names. He, she, he must have signed a form with her name on it and then he hadn't paid the bill and unfortunately she was attached to this loan and they gave her a call and, and said that um, you haven't made your repayment this month and she had no idea that this these these uh, wow yeah it was and you know she lost her shit rightfully so Dave I would lose my shit if I found out my husband had bought a car a really nice car and a very expensive boat but it was sort of really sad hearing the story because I felt for her and I thought what an idiot for doing that for him but also I mean how arsy did he think he was buying all this stuff but you were so right being able to disclose and be honest about where you stand and just don't go getting loans in your partner's name right line. right yeah. <laughs> well and, and this starts now right because you may be in a multi-year relationship already and yeah. maybe you're engaged if you're on this uh, platform or you're uh, planning on that uh or are newly married uh and so you know you, it's it's time to start making these plans and understand there are some people who love to save uh, and feel that security of building their savings. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are those who, you know, spend everything that they get because um, for whatever reason, whether it's the pain that whatever drove that husband to, <laughs> to buy the boat in the car oh, uh, and, and to solve that through, um, through spending or just this thought of like, well, we're going to make more money later and we're just at the early part of our careers. And, you know, so uh, I don't want to delay, but it, but being in sync on those things and not just biting your tongue uh, is really a is really a key part of that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, talk now, 
uh, talk about you know goals around saving, around retirement, around uh, uh, you know goals around things you hope to have or purchase in your life or savings goals. Uh, you know it may feel funny because after you pay all of your core bills, there's just you know a handful of you know dollars in your pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> that you get to decide mm-hmm. what to do with. Um, but it's you know way better to start these discussions now and not be afraid. Yes, do not be afraid. There will be more of the Bride Chiller podcast. And I'm very excited because we're going to have a little chat about prenuptial agreements, something that has been very popular in our community lately after a question that was on a recent Q&A episode. So I'm very keen to hear your thoughts after this very short break. My dear husband, Rich, I'm just going to raise my uh, underarm here. What? Take a bit of a whiff. What can you smell? Oh, that makes me hungry. <laughs> makes me hungry. <laughs> Smells like vanilla, and I love vanilla ice cream, obviously. Yes, you do. And coconut. Oh. There's some coconuts. Oh, coconuts. Well, you are right. Correct. Bing, 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 bing. Ding. You win. Because I am wearing the lovely deodorant by our partners at Native, who create very simple and effective products that we can use in our bathroom every day. But the good thing about them is they don't include aluminium, parabens, sulfates, and they don't include talc, which everyone is very dark on. Are they? Yeah, because it's bad for you. But instead of all the nasty stuff, they are filled with ingredients found in nature like coconut oil. Delicious. That you just smelt, not cakes. Things like shea butter. Yeah, I love that actually. Actually, it's really nice because it's moisturising as well. It's not drying everything out. And tapioca starch, which absorbs the wetness. And you are a very wet person. (laughs) They do not test on animals. They offer free shipping and returns. And I will say, this morning I did a workout... We have cleaned the house like nutbags because we had friends over and I don't stink. You do not stink. I smell of cakes. You smell delicious. <laughs> Thank you. They also offer the lovely lavender and rose, cucumber and mint and for Australians or people that love Australians, eucalyptus and mint. Yes. I'm looking forward to trying that flavour actually. Is it a flavour? That scent? That mm, flavour, mm, maybe. They offer no risk to try which means that you can have free returns and exchanges in the US and if you subscribe you can save 17%. That is $2 per stick and you can have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three or four months depending on how much you use it. For 20% off your first purchase visit Native Deodorant dot com slash bridechiller and use the promo code bridechiller. That is native deodorant n-a-t-i-v-e deodorant dot com slash bridechiller and use the promo code bridechiller to get 20% off your first purchase and smell delicious and know you're doing good things to your body and the environment. Native deodorant bridechiller. Yummy. Rich, while you're here, what is your favourite mm. mixed drink? Mm. A smooth Moscow mule, lots of ice, no lime bits. <laughs> you really don't like the lime bits. No. You know what? Lots of lime juice, but no lime bits. So we use a juicer when we make your Moscow mules. And what is fabulous is that we like to serve our Moscow mules in proper Moscow mule mugs. Yeah, they're like copper and they've got some fancy handle. I feel really upmarket and grown up when we serve <laughs> people drinks the in The only those. time. <laughs> Yeah, basically. And you know where you can get your very grown-up supplies and also maybe create a home bar, which I think would be really fun if you are starting a new... You would, yeah. Yeah, if you're starting a new house together or if you just want to zazz up your own house... 
I would recommend you visit thirstynest.com. It has been created by the lovely Jackie Strum, who I'm sure you heard on the Bride Chiller podcast, answering all of your wedding-related alcohol questions. She's sassy, she's amazing, and she knows her stuff. It is the world's first alcohol registry, and I think it's such a great idea. I'm such a fan. When we have been perusing Thirsty Nest, the one thing that stands out to me is the gorgeous barware, but also all of the fantastic explanations about the different alcohol, the different wines, because I get a bit overwhelmed when it comes to looking at different wines. You're a simple gal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have simple tastes, but I get confused looking at the descriptions of wines, and then I get distracted by the labels, and I just buy the nice-looking labels. Mm. Creating a gift registry with Thirsty Nest is a wonderful way to start a bar with quality wines and top-shelf liquor. And make your selections by reading these fantastic descriptions that were created by Sommeliers. 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 <laughs> E.g. qualified people who know their stuff about wines, which Jackie and her team do. So if you're established and you have all the things that you may need for your home, then consider creating a gift registry at thirstynest.com. And while you're there, level up and add some quality barware and accessories to your registry as well so you can feel fancy and grown up like Rich and I. I would have a Moscow Mule collection. We can organise that. What's in a Moscow Mule, Rich? Vodka. Yep. Lime. Yep. Ginger beer. Yep. Lots of ice. Mm. No bits. A bit-free Moscow Mule is on the way. If you would like to create your very own alcohol registry, then all you need to do is visit thirstynest.com to create your free registry today. I mean, the registry won't be free. You're going to have to pay for the stuff, but you can start the <laughs> registering. I'm hearing free booze. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't think Jackie would appreciate that. Give happy hour its happily ever after and visit thirstynest.com to create your registry today. Thirstynest.com and Moscow Mules equals yes, please. Dave, recently in a Q&A episode, we had a lovely Bride Chiller listener write asking for advice, and we had a, a lovely guest on the show, uh, Shana Compton-Game, who is from Millennial Money Podcast. She was our guest question answerer that day, and, and the question was all about this lovely listener, Lauren, had been approached by her future in-laws who owned a big franchise business. I'm very intrigued as to which it is, but I'm not being too nosy, and they had asked her to sign a prenuptial agreement. It was a complicated situation, Dave, because it also said, hey, we'd love you to join the business after you get married, but just sign this prenuptial agreement first. And I don't think they'd necessarily the tact involved was there. It wasn't necessarily the the kindest Mm -hmm. way that they could have approached her. And I think that was part of the problem that it was, we'll give you this and but sign this first. But it was really interesting because you presented a bit of a stat here that said that Half of the lawyers surveyed in a, in a recent survey by the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, who sound very proper, they saw an Don't increase they. in... Yeah, and they sound like great guys and gals. Half of the lawyer surveys saw an increase in prenups among millennials and 62% saw a rise in prenups overall between 2013 and 16, which I thought was a really fascinating stat because prenups to me... Uh, 
feel a bit like ye oldie old school when reading this reading this survey makes me think a lot of young people obviously are thinking about it now I know prenups aren't necessarily your area it's not connected with the app but I, I know you're interested in this topic and I, I thought am. considering we'd had this question it'd be a lovely extension because that question got a lot of people talking in my community and I think let's talk some more <laughs> exactly so you know a, a prenup so I think we all know because we've all seen television uh, so this is an agreement before you get married that's says, these assets are mine, these assets are yours, and in the event that we, uh, that we part ways, this is what will be mine and this is what will be yours. Yes. Uh, and and those, the, the, those you know, pops of money and assets uh, can be different and can change over time depending on how long you're together. Um, so, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons to have a prenup. Uh, now, if you get married when you're 18 uh, and you're young lovers and you have no assets, there's no reason to have a prenup because you didn't own anything beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then in most places where you have English common law, assets that you create together end up being shared in one way or another. But there are a lot of reasons as you delay marriage, as there's family businesses involved, as you have private stock and companies uh, and stock options, debt, assets – uh, that uh, actually having a prenup makes a lot of sense. So, for instance, your friend with a family company. So, mm-hmm. yes, they've created this large asset. Let's say it's you know worth, worth a significant amount, $100 million or something, and maybe a third of it's owned by the son. Um, now, there's this, you think like, well, they don't want to share this uh, money with you, and it's all about the money. But often it's not about the money. It's actually about control, meaning, and not in the, hey, let's be controlling, but it's like, who actually controls the stock of this company? Uh, And the family wants to keep it in the family. They want to make sure that the voting is taken care of. They want to make sure that, you know, their son doesn't marry you. And then it just doesn't work out as a lot of them do. And after a year or three years or five years, you split up and all of a sudden you have this outside shareholder who wants to show up to shareholder meetings and wants to... um, give, uh, you know, wants to vote or would side with an investor and crowd the family out of the business and the dad gets fired as a CEO. There's all sorts of things just in that example that may have nothing to do with the fact that they don't want you in the company. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe lack of tact, but uh, uh, from on the parent's side, but there's lots of reasons that make sense. Now, you also may come in with assets and with debt. You may have a bunch of student loan debt. Uh, you may have... Um, uh, a family cabin that you own with your sister that was uh, bequeathed to you by your parents and you want that to stand in perpetuity and you don't want to get in a place where suddenly you have to have cut a fourth of it in uh, of the cabin into uh, on your ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of reasons to do this. Also, if you have children. So if you've had a previous relationship and you have these kids and you have some assets to actually set aside and say, okay, my prenup just wants to carve out that that this $100,000 per child is going to go for their education. And that's just untouchable and it belongs to them. Um, and uh, Or I have an inheritance and that, that I haven't received it yet, but when it comes, it is only for my kids and for me. And actually just carving that out uh, is are, are actually examples of things that can happen in everyday life. Uh, and are very, very good to straighten out right up front. It's nice to put it that way, Dave, because I think we get reactive when we see things, as you said, prenup was associated with people going, oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen. You're immediately saying it's doom and gloom, but 
to put it in that way, and thank you for doing that, that it's a protective situation, that also it's specifically, it's not necessarily saying it's going to be divorce central in six months' time, but also knowing that if something does happen, shit's not going to hit the fan immediately. Oh, absolutely. You know, we we spend so much time planning our wedding day, the reception yeah. and, and who's going to sit where at the tables. Uh, and we do no preparations ahead of like, well, like, what if, uh, you know, what if this didn't 100% work out? Uh, you might even have a rain, rainy day venue for your wedding, uh, a complete alternate for, uh, for this beautiful sunny spring day that you had planned. Um, but you're not making plans for like, wow, like what if, uh, you know, what if this doesn't work out, you know? Well, I suppose, Dave, people change, life changes. We all have, you know, different paths, not to get too philosophical and wanky, as we'd say in Australia. But I do think, you know, reality is that um, we don't really know we're going to be where we're going to be in 5, 10, 50 years' time. And it's good to just have a, a plan and know where we stand. Dave, this has been a delight. And uh, thank you so much for your your good your your good vibes and also being so informative and I really hope that people come away from this episode today thinking more about um, their future planning and as you said I love that you mentioned you know a lot of people spend so much time wedding planning but don't think about the future and it's a really big message that my show hopefully shares with our listeners that yeah it's a great party but think about your relationships think about your health think about financial planning and beyond as well and uh, focus on that because that's the really important stuff. It's just a thrill to be here. Thanks for having me on. Do your research, people. (laughs) Don't just sit on Pinterest looking at baubles and bloody napkins. Not that my people are doing that, but you know, expand your ideas, expand your brains. (laughs) If you would like more information about David's app, all you need to do is visit tomorrow.me and check it out. Remember that is for our US listeners, but also expand your horizons when it comes to these These choices in our lives, work as a team and make sure that you are doing your due diligence when it comes to these decisions. It's really important, as Dave said at the top of the show, it isn't grim, it's being responsible, but also knowing where you stand and also where your parents stand. Have the conversations like Rich and I have done with Veronica, because if and when things go to pot and you need to make some fast decisions, if you are empowered with knowledge, like I'm always saying on the podcast, it can only be easier for you. Thanks so much, Dave, for being on the show and thank you my lovely bride chiller and groom chiller listeners i cannot do it without you for more information on today's show and also if you want to read about all of the other episodes that i've produced over the last nearly five years good gracious all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. I do a show blog for every episode. So if you've missed a link or if you want to know more about a certain topic, all you need to do is visit that website, do a little cheeky search and it will pop up and uh, you can be empowered. You can click through and learn whatever you need to learn. Thank you so much again for supporting the show, for visiting bridechillerstore.com and uh, buying the Bride Chiller Guide, something I'm very proud of. They are my bullshit-free wedding planning guides. They contain all of the information that you need to be a bride chiller or a groom chiller. Get the job done, know what to do, when to do it, without all the fluff and promises of perfection that some of the other Some of the other guides promise without actually coming through with any goods. Oh, did I say it? Yes, I did. Thanks so much again. And until next week's episode, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?